when you get Michael Blow Everything Up Bay to direct a film about one of the most significant historical events in American history. What could go wrong? Sorry. No. What could go right? To infinity and beyond! Flying in baseball? Yeah, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. Nazi thugs are Europe's problem. We have to do more. Does anyone think that victory is possible without facing danger? In times like these, we all need to be reminded who we truly are. Warning of Japanese aggressive movement. That we will not give up. Infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by the Empire of Japan. Welcome, everybody, to Pop Culture. I am Scott. And I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. What were they thinking? A little segment that we like to break out every now and then where we look at a film that may have missed the mark or may have missed the ship entirely. Uh, and Monica decided that uh, this would be her first foray into the field by offering us this little masterpiece from 2001, Pearl Harbor. I can only apologise unreservedly for <laughs> making you all watch Pearl Harbor again or for the first for time the in first your case, Jason. Time. Yes, it was the first time. I'm I, sorry. My... Uh, Bad film radar must have been bleeping when it was released. I was <laughs> just like, like, was like 2001, what else were you watching? <laughs> uh, can we just say, uh, Oscar winner, by the way, everybody, for sound mixing, um, and nominated for six golden raspberries, including Worst Picture. So <laughs> that's a lot of award that's nominations. Lot of, that's a lot of nominations. <laughs> and I'm sure that's all the only number Michael Bay cared about was like... <laughs> 12 nominations, that's all I need to know. Um, so, yeah, mark the first occurrence of a Worst Picture nominated film winning an Academy Award ever. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, I don't know, we don't really, I mean, obviously, um, yeah, an incident of massive historical significance to the sort of formation of um, the United States in terms of entering the global seen in terms yep. of um, being attacked by a foreign aggressor and engaging in war. Yeah, and becoming, you know, a World War champion. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. The chest beating. Mm. <laughs> well, essentially the superpower at the end of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, the yeah. 
they got woken up, they were the sleeping giant, mm. and you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I like how we're even at the point where... Uh, so, as much as we can all shit on Michael Bay and agree that he's not the best director in the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not a writer. No. He's not a writer. He's a music video and commercial director who somehow yes. failed upwards into cinema. <laughs> and But this movie is written by a gentleman by the name of Randall Wallace. Now, Randall Wallace, everybody, wrote Braveheart. What? <laughs> okay. Really? He wrote. <coughs> this is his. These are his um, credits. He wrote Braveheart. He wrote and directed The Man in the Iron Mask with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> then we have this little gem. We were soldiers. The Mel Gibson film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vietnam War film. Secretariat. About the, the horse. Yeah. Yep. Um, he wrote and directed a film called Heaven Is For Real, which was the film that I was looking up where you were giving me the worried looks. Apparently the second highest grossing Christian film of all time. <laughs> oh, right. Starring Greg Kinnear and someone as Jesus. Anyway. Uh, and he is currently, he's just written The Resurrection of Christ, the sequel to Passion of the Christ. There's a- <laughs> there might be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> He came back, man. Well, I know. It's Easter. We had Christmas and now we've got Easter. That's right. (laughs) The sequel, Mel Gibson directing the sequel to The Passion of the Christ. Starring Jim Caviezel, once again, as everyone's beloved anti-hero, Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So quite a, a resume there from our writer. And I like to think that he was sitting there with a, you know, a cork board before him before this one. He was like, you know what this movie needs? An epic love story, a hero who has dyslexia, <laughs> a love triangle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a hero gets resurrected. A hero too. gets brought. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Now that you've said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we need Tom Sizemore drunk firing a shotgun in the most fervent display of Americanism I've ever seen in my life. He's a true patriot. (laughs) Taking down a zero with a shotgun. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. I think Monica's got to leave (laughs) us a bit more here because really I... I just want to... When when I, I said... Pick a bad movie, and the first thing that came. I picked to the worst. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's bad, but it's like not in a fun way. <laughs> no, there's, there's bad movies that can still be a lot of fun, and then there's like the Meg. That's my yeah, like, ex- like, exactly. Or like Snakes on a Plane. Sure, you know it's not a great movie, but I have a lot of fun with Snakes on a Plane. You get exactly what you pay for. It does what it says in the tin. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this one I was just like I just blurted it out without thinking like, oh yeah, Pearl Harbor's pretty bad. How about we just do that? And then I rewatched it again all three hours of yes. it and I was like, it's I so long. I was like, Oh, I've made a mistake. I'm I'm very sorry. <laughs> I just felt like I was watching some weird World War Two postcard, Hallmark card propaganda film that had how many American flags can I fit in the background? Yeah, of the sort of that's part of the have it all romantic. Thing. It sort of takes war back to that romantic sort of feel with the mm. yeah, very love like triangle, kind of like fifties, and then the actual war planes going past and everything. Yeah. All See, part some of, of those process. moments, I was like, okay, this is like he does know how to frame action. Like yeah. he, he does. There's no, I think, mm. denying that he can make a pretty sick action film. But like, God, but it was more shots of like. Know, stargazing, chiseled chins. <laughs> <looking at> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just no. It just came across like that 
40s propaganda. Yeah. And um, then it has its moment, which we go, yep, okay, this attack on Pearl Harbor, absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Really, really well done. Yeah. I, I can't fault that. Uh, you probably historically fault it, but I'm talking from... <laughs> Which people have. <laughs> yes, but I'm talking more from, as a viewer who probably doesn't know the details of it, it, it looked amazing. Yeah. And then you get another hour. <laughs> yeah, the movie takes an hour and 23 minutes to actually Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of the problem. You try and set up these three characters, which you're meant to care about, but you just don't. You have these two mates, they're fighting over, you know, a character named Evelyn, who was the worst movie, Evelyn, because... There's only one movie, Evelyn. The Mummy. The Mummy, exactly. <laughs> um, and she is the best one. But it was just... Evelyn Johnson. Yeah. American America. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just, you know, a lot of cliched um, dialogue, um, this forced love story, you know, how she goes to the train station to see him off and he <laughs> misses her and she's crying. Yeah. And I'm like... He's just going to England, it's fine. <laughs> the Battle of Britain was actually over historically. But, you know, that's not the handle there. And it was like, what, no no um, American airmen were allowed to fight in the uh, RAAF, wasn't it? Or something to that effect? No, 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 they were. It yeah. was just that um, the Battle of Britain was effectively over in October of 1940 and they had it bleed over into 1941 when the film takes place. <laughs> it's not so much that I have an issue with that because it does drive the story forward, but it's just like... All the English RAF pilots are just like, you Americans are just so wonderful. Thank yeah, goodness yeah, some of you yeah, understand like, what it's like to be like, a gentleman of the need, air. We need a few more of you boys over here. Oh, that, <laughs> that line there, yeah, if they're all like you, I don't, you know. It's, uh, these these crowds won't stand a chance. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's but, and the fact that they made all the Brits look sort of worn and... <laughs> just over it all. And then there's these tanned Americans that are all quite cleanly shaved and yeah, ready to yeah, take yeah, on yep. the Nazis, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were resting before. That's true. <laughs> yeah. like, By the beach in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> They're on a bloody vacation. <laughs> um, I felt so bad. You could see the, the the cultural weight on poor Kato's shoulders every time he had to deliver a line of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh. I'm the only Japanese American actor they could find. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And then he rips the line from bloody Tora 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 at the end, yeah. the Awoken a Sleeping Giant, because yes. that was never said. No, of course not. <laughs> no, <exactly> not. <laughs> but he was like to the point of like the guy who wrote this was like Tora Tora Tora. Oh yeah. That'll yeah. do. We'll That's that. historically accurate. Mm. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Let's use it. Oh, it is a good line. Mm. It is a good line. Um, the background cast in this movie where I'm like, is that Jennifer Garner? Is that Michael Shannon? Can, <laughs> is that Kim Coates? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd shows up? <laughs> yeah, he does. I was sort of, you know, just watching the movie, minding my own business, and, you know, then Michael Shannon um, shows up, and I'm like, oh, no. No, my sweet, oh, no. My, my sweet, precious Michael Shannon, I need you to just be really creepy and go terrorise some woman in, in another in another movie about a fish monster. Just entertain me there, not here. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's like that early noughties kind of all these amazing kind of people who would become stars just <laughs> getting a paycheck. Yeah, they have to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, as well. And you also have the character played by Cuba Gooding Jr., as well. Who is was a very real 
maybe the only <laughs> real person in this film. Probably, yes. Um, I wrote some notes and I actually, and this is really bad considering the context of the film for his performance, I drew a bomb next to his name. Because, <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> so what was it? Because that guy, yeah, he was, um, I can't find his name. Real dude. Mm. Not trained in... Yeah. Anti-aircraft artillery jumped on the guns and won the second highest honor, I think, in American military. Besides, like not the Medal of Honor, but like yeah, that's whatever right. your runner-up prize is. The first black American too, was it? Yes, yeah. I think so. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I read about that. Oh, look, it, it it's nice that you get little nods in there to some historical moments. It's mm. just uh, but then obviously there was, it's not really the point of the film. Well, no, no, but, that's right. It, but like I was reading that like there were there were in fact two American planes that got off the ground. So though, though like that really happened and oh, there yeah. were two guys who were un- like still alive and had to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and had some very scathing comments about yeah, the film. I'm sure. Yeah. Um I think maybe it's just me. I'm like if you the moment you add a romance to a war film, it just sucks. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, no I can't think it. of a good one. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one. That's why I've gone suddenly silent yeah. there. Um, uh, it, I think the problem is it's a romance in the context of a war. Mm. And that's really yes. what the film is. It's a romance film. It's a film. romance film, not a yeah. war film. Mm. And then it's probably promoted as that action-packed type war film, but mm. you only get that in one segment. I would have loved to have just seen maybe that in a documentary to show, you know, what it was like for mm. Pearl Harbor and try and get as much accuracy as possible and then that'd be really interesting and it's it's like it's a separate segment ultimately. Mm. Yeah, it just it just happened to be in Hawaii when it happened sort yeah, of thing. And the love triangle thing which is <laughs> so done to death it's like uh, I I just can't think of many films where it works. It's not even a convincing love triangle. Not at all. Really? No. They're, what, together for four weeks and then he goes away, they think that he's dead and then Josh Hartnett mm. comes along and he's just like, <laughs> I think I like you. I think it's... I think you're pretty. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, it was the cork and the face bit that really got her, though, in the first place. So Yeah, totally. <laughs> the, that, that sort of slapstick humour, too, it just... Did not work whatsoever. It was weird. The movie's got a bit of a tone problem. Yeah, yeah. it was really weird. And then, and then that, that like that last hour that just wouldn't end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To get to kind of the once again kind of like just stereotypical tragedy. Like, okay, yep, yeah, I know one of them's going to croak. Oh, it's the one that we weren't, well, we didn't want to die. Oh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't care. Which could have happened in the Pearl Harbor bombing, which would have yeah. made it much more significant. To the yeah, story, yeah, I agree. It yeah. would have been probably better for the story if he were to have been, you know, no offense to Josh Hartnett, to have been killed off in that segment rather than strapped up looking like some sort of Jesus Christ allegory <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of uh, this dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's yeah. See, everyone's lost for words now. They're going, "What can we say about yeah. this?" It's, I mean, mildly good. <laughs> it's 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 just we, we 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 sort of we we in our little group chat that we have prior to an episode, we were talking about kind of as this sort of bloated epic film, kind of in the wake of Titanic, pun intended, and mm. it it's but it's so like painfully obvious to the point of like 
shots of ships yeah. you know, careening the into the air. The propeller going up and yeah. people falling into the propellers yeah. and all hanging onto them. And yeah. I think it's a bit more to it than that. Um, you have those two major events. You have the Titanic sinking and you have the Pearl Harbor event. You know those things happen historically, so you know it's going to be a big tragedy. Mm. And then you have to sort of concentrate on the human element of it to make the tragedy more impactful because you care about what happens to the people involved with it. In Titanic, that works. <laughs> well, Titanic, I, 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 I guess, cared. <laughs> yeah. Well, Titanic, as we just said a moment ago, ends like that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so it's um, probably something that Michael Bay or the writer, well, won't blame Michael Bay for that, seeing as we've discovered the writing is mm. probably the major mm. thing, should have noticed how well that worked. But I do think it was running on the heels of Titanic. That's the whole reason it's there. It's like the contrived the version yeah. of Titanic. Mm. In like, a lot of like light, Titanic light. Yes. <laughs> well, we've just taken another historical event and tried to three-hour, big budget, blow it up kind mm. of thing. That's right. And it d- does d- doesn't work on any level as well. And it's also, I think, the most disappointing thing is that this is in like a world post Saving Private Ryan, where I think Spielberg mm, has exactly. set the standard for what a war film should look like and feel like, and it is the most watered down, like. Mm. PG thirteen, <laughs> sort of. Oh, I think it was set way before then too. To be honest, like yeah. All quiet on the Western, Western Front, Front. Um, things like that. It's there, there's films out there that recognise what war was like. Yeah. And making I a think film for a about audience, a war, though, that like. Yeah. I, I think as well, and um, in a larger part of guess war movies is war need the, those sorts of films need to teach you something new about war. And yes. This one doesn't. No. Um, I think the last war movie that I saw in the cinema, which was a bit. Um, more recent was 1917. Okay. And <laughs> Which was amazing. It was amazing. And, you know, it's a very simple story and it was effectively told, but I still cared about the characters in that film a lot more than mm. I would have for Pearl Harbor. I just had a bigger connection to it. It felt that there were higher stakes. They felt real. Like they felt real. It's their motivations were very simple. It was like, okay, I need to help my brother. And that was kind of it. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. It's a very simple story. And it just goes to show you that you don't need to overbloat it with things you don't that need an hour and a half of like really bad romance to <laughs> make me think that I care about these people. Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't need an hour and a half of 1940s woo girls and <laughs> Ben Affleck with his really bad southern accent. Okay, really good. Yeah. Please, ma'am, don't make me take my wings. <laughs> <laughs> just that, oh, that, that worked oh, really? yeah. <laughs> these little speeches. oh come on he was so earnest <laughs> <laughs> you he can't pra- read let's <laughs> get you behind the cockpit of a plane <laughs> he practiced that line waiting for the jab being like yeah. how do I make sure that I pass well she's pretty mm. I guess <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty uh, yeah I just this and it's just even from the opening scene like I think that was the the moment I was like, oh, well, what have I done? Like, what are we in for? <laughs> that opening with like the music and the, the bad in the cornfield, yeah. yeah. And it's like it sets the stage for the <laughs> the hell of a good time you're in for. <laughs> <laughs> also, didn't they um one of them call um the main character's dad a Nazi as well? Oh, was yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, like he called him a crowd or something because they wouldn't have been Nazis in the First World War. <laughs> Oh, then no. it doesn't like it. Br- briefly afterwards, but yeah, just oh, yeah, it just felt so out of place. I'm like, because his dad fought in the first, in the first world. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember the scene. Yeah, yeah and it throws the guy. Calls him a German. German. Yeah, that's right. That's the one. Like, 
maybe it's just me looking at History's it from a more, yes. a more modern lens, but I was just like, he's clearly got PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dude's broken. This poor man, like, it's not right to hit his kids, absolutely not, but he's going through it. <laughs> <laughs> the booze ain't for nothing. No, that's right. He's trying to, he's trying so to numb the pain. This 30 seconds or one minute of the film is the only serious part or has any meat to it <laughs> kind Maybe. of yeah. I would love to see a backstory where think that about man it. goes into therapy to talk about what happens <laughs> to him I'm but, it's, but, it's the, but it's the 40s and they're like you'll be fine son yeah. <laughs> stiff up a lip yeah <laughs> you'll that's be, you'll exactly be right. right here's some cocaine you'll be fine <laughs> oh, I, I think you're, you're right though it is actually the only moment where there's a bit of Levity. Substance. And really, really substance good performance from William Fickner. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. An underappreciated Another actor. Another underappreciated actor in the film. <laughs> oh, dear. So there you go. You've got two minutes of character substance you can watch and then probably 20-odd minutes of a really and good then, war scene and, and then take the rest out and that's all you really need to see. My takeaway was clearly actually intoxicated Tom Sizemore firing a shotgun at airplanes. <laughs> yes. That was my, by far my favourite moment because that is, that inca- not only was he not acting <laughs> as a broken down guy in real life, that was he like, was having a moment. I was like, wow. <laughs> We're at that point where he's just like... It's a very... Um, and I'm meant to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very um, almost over-the-top um, patriotic um, belief in American exceptionalism as well. I mean, yeah. that scene where you see um, Roosevelt's um, standing up, oh. wheelchair-bound, <laughs> polio-ridden FDR standing up, giving a speech. And Don't you just, tell me what's not possible. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> While these squeaky leg braces creak. <laughs> I, oh I had God. to forcibly not drop my head to the table. Then. <laughs> yes. You're mentioning that part of it, John. John Voight bringing yeah. it home. Yeah, <laughs> in his best impersonation of um that scene in Forrest Gump where Forrest is running away from the bullies with the leg braces on. <laughs> <laughs> I love the big fake chin. Yeah, <laughs> that stuck on him. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, Pearl Harbor. It's bad. And not really in a fun way. Yeah, don't do it. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Mm. Dollars is what they were thinking. I think so. Yes. And it worked. 450 million of them. That's some serious bank. Yeah, that's some serious patriotism. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I have been Scott. And I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. I miss you more than Michael Bay missed the mark. When he made Pearl Harbor I miss you more than that movie missed the point And that's an awful lot, girl, and now Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy, Scott Souter and Monica Porto The clip for this week's episode was the trailer for Pearl Harbor And the song at the end was the end of the act from the movie Team America if you're enjoying the show, please I invite you to jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. And if you'd like to join the conversation, we're at, on socials. We're at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash popculturepod or on Twitter at popcultureau. Just a little bit more than I missed